Welcome to Intelligence Talks from the research team at Knight Frank. Intelligence Talks brings you the latest insights on property market trends and forecasts, along with expert analysis from industry leaders. I'm Anna Ward, Senior Residential Analyst at Knight Frank. In a slight departure from our podcast today, we'll be talking about handbags today. Some of you may already know that collectible handbags top the Knight Frank Luxury Investment Index in our wealth report this year. Joining me to discuss why handbags are attracting more investment are Rachel Kofsky, Head of Handbag Sales at Christie's, Andrew Shirley, Editor of the Wealth Report and Head of Rural at Knight Frank, and Sebastian Duffy, Managing Director of Art Market Research. Following the launch of the index in the Wealth Report earlier this year, Art Market Research has just published the first report dedicated to the handbag investment market. We'll also be catching up with Knight Frank Associate Flora Harley later on in the show to discuss the changing sentiment of investment. So, Andrew, to kick off with the wealth report, why is a property company looking at luxury investments? We've been doing the wealth report for about 14 years now. And what we realised quite early on is our clients don't just want to hear about our insight on property. There's lots of other things that they're interested in. So we decided to create this report to look at the other things that interest them, their aspirations, their interests, their investments. And it quickly became clear that these investments of passion were becoming really popular. Things like classic cars, art, fine wine, that kind of thing. So we created the Luxury Investment Index that tracked these different asset classes. So it's really taken off from there. Why did Mike Frank add handbags to its wealth report, Luxury Investment Index? Well, I'm always looking out for new asset classes that people are interested in. And I've been seeing these really exciting record prices being set for these handbags at auctions. So I really wanted to include them for a while, but it was only recently that Sebastian at Art Market Research created this index that tracks the performance of handbags over the past 10 years. So we were able to introduce them into the wider luxury investment index. Amazing results we were seeing, but also the available of the data that allowed us to add handbags into the index. Seb, can you tell us a bit more about your research? Your firm supplies a lot of the data for the investment index, but why did you launch an index to track the handbag market? And is it the first of its kind? Yes, we chose an index for handbags because, well, we've been collecting data on collectibles since the 1970s. And actually, looking back, this is the first time that something truly popular that crosses such a diverse range of people has attracted so much attention that you can truly call it collectible. And it's obviously interested the auction market. And the auction market is where we get our data. So it's a combination of the two, really, that we track auction prices, but also that something as popular as handbags is too hard to miss. And, you know, it really has become a popular area of collecting. Rachel, thank you very much for joining us today. Could you tell us a bit about how the handbag market has evolved over the past decade? Of course. The market over the past 10 years has really gone from emerging to a mature market. Just 10 years ago in 2011, we had our series of Elizabeth Taylor auctions at Christie's. And these were a series of sales that really celebrated all of the collecting categories of which Ms. Taylor was passionate about. And one of these categories was, of course, handbags. And this was one of the first forays that Christie's had into the online auction market space. And her handbags captured such an intense level of interest from our collectors and new clients at Christie's that we really saw the opportunity to expand this department. And so in 2012, we launched online-only handbag auctions at Christie's. This was really at a time when the market was emerging. It was really unusual to have a new department at Christie's like this. But as we continued to invest in this category and we continued to educate our clients about the collectability and the desirability of handbags, we saw that the results were really astounding. And so in 2014, we launched live auctions in Hong Kong and New York. 
And then in 2017, I launched live auctions in London. We set a world record price for a handbag in 2017 in Hong Kong that year. And then in 2018, we set the European record for most valuable handbags sold in Europe at auction. And then just last year, we had our first 100% sold handbag auction. And that was at King Street in London in November. So we've really seen this category going from something that was quite niche, a little bit unusual, you might say. And now we're really seeing that this is something that is widespread. It has fans all around the world. And I think that what's really fascinating is that whereas perhaps five or 10 years ago, there were men and women who today we would call handbag collectors, but at the time, they would never think of themselves as a handbag collector because it seemed a bit frivolous, when in reality, it's something that's really valuable. It's something that is intellectual, it is creative, and and it does really touch on every level of being an investment piece as well as, as a luxury object. Where do you see the market going now? I mean, clearly, as you say, handbags have been a growing interest for many investors over quite a number of years. But if you throw a pandemic into the mix of all that, what happens now? Well, we've seen at Christie's that at times of economic uncertainty, collectors look to invest in alternative investments such as luxury items. So in fact, in the past couple of weeks, we've had a number of auctions that have been extremely successful. We had a 99% sold jewelry auction in Hong Kong. We had a Hong Kong handbag sale, which closed just a couple of weeks ago, which was 96% sold. So we're really seeing that in these times, collectors are continuing to invest in these pieces that hold their value. And we actually have an online auction right now of handbags out of London that's tracking ahead of our averages with four days to go. Rachel, it'd be great to hear a bit more about your career. Just in terms of the sales that you've overseen over the past few years, what would you say was your most memorable sale? Well, so I've been with Christie's since 2014. I adore handbags. I've adored handbags since since I was a little girl. It's the passion that I really got from my mother and my grandmother, and so I always had the sense that these pieces were heirlooms, were items to be treasured, were very sentimentally special. And I remember being in college and calling up, calling up various boutiques asking for bags that you know I was absolutely too young to even know about. But I have to say that one of the highlights of my career was in November of 2019. And if you're familiar with the auction world, being an auctioneer is something that is very special. Being a Christie's auctioneer is something that is very special, something that I worked very hard to do. I think my first week at Christie's, I said that I wanted to be an auctioneer and I had to wait five years before I got up to the rostrum. And so I also would like to mention that at auction, it's very unusual to hear about a sale being 100% sold. It's something known as a white glove auction, and it's really quite unusual. If you think about an auction, 90% sold and up is considered a very, very strong auction. And so in November of last year, I presided over the first 100% sold handbag auction. And it was something that I never thought could be done. And it was really more of a, of a sentimental accomplishment for me than any of the world records that I've ever set or you know, moving to another country and launching another sales site. It was really something that I was delighted to share with the department, with Christie's, with my collectors, with my clients. And that will be something, a memory that I really cherish. And in terms of pricing, I mean, are you able to share with us how much the most expensive bag that you've ever sold for actually went for? Absolutely. Actually, last year, we set a European record for a white Himalaya Birkin with 18 karat white gold and diamond hardware. And this went for 267,000 pounds. This is the European record price for handbag sold at auction. And in November of 2017, we sold another piece, which was similar in Hong Kong, and that sold for 2.98 million Hong Kong dollars. 
And given coronavirus has clearly accelerated a number of trends and you've touched on the online auctions, I mean, do you see online sort of stepping into the gap entirely? What would you say the future for live auctions looks like? Well, it's interesting that you ask that because even at the beginning of our conversation, I referenced our online sales 10 years ago. So this is really a marketplace that Christmas has been heavily invested in for a really quite a long time. And we have this ability to be also very innovative and nimble when something happens and we have to change course. So earlier this year, I, I was planning for a live auction in July. And after coronavirus hit, we decided to change course and have an online auction. And so this online auction that is happening right now on our website was a sale that I put together really from home because you know we were unable to go to the office. So we've been able to bring a lot of the live auction benefits like an online viewing room and bespoke client outreach into this online realm. And it's something that we're lucky to be able to utilize. And what's interesting is that every single live auction that we've ever had at Christie's in the recent years has also been online. We stream these sales to clients around the world. My last live handbag auction in November had bidders from 44 countries on six continents. So we're really able to expand our reach. And I find that this is an opportunity for me to connect with my collectors around the world. I had a lecture last week with 180 clients in India. And so it's giving us an opportunity to be creative in this really difficult and trying time. And are you seeing any shift in demand for specific bags? I mean, does coronavirus change people's mindset? Are different brands now more valuable than they were previously? The brands that have always captured the highest level of attention at auction continue to be the ones with the highest sales results. And these are brands such as Hermes, Chanel, Louis Vuitton, Bottega, Dior. Hermes continues to be the leader in the secondary market. And this is really because of the way that the bags are made, the history of the brand, the craftsmanship, the materials. These pieces are, are really crafted in a way that not only are they an investment financially, but they're an investment in terms of 20 years from now, you'll have the bag in perhaps the same condition if you've taken really good care of it and you're able to give it to the next generation or possibly sell it if that's something that you're interested in. And these factors really have not changed in the past couple of months. I mean, in terms of the profile of investors, would you say that they tend to be fairly young? Is this quite a sort of young investment category? The category is definitely younger than most collecting categories at Christie's, which isn't to say that we don't have collectors of all age ranges. Handbags is a really wonderful introduction to the world of auctions because it's something that consumers are very used to buying, whether it's at the mall or at Harrods. It's an object that's functional and doesn't have the barrier to entry if you were to go into a gallery and purchase your first photograph or print. So we've always been attracting younger clients. However, we do see today that millennials and Gen Zs are really interested in the resale market. They're interested in conversations around sustainability and they're very savvy. They do a lot of research before they make a purchase. And so they are very heavily engaged in the auction market really for the first time in the past couple of years. And just touching back on what Angie mentioned around why is a property company looking at luxury investments, I mean, would you be able to tell us, Rachel, a bit about why you think people are prepared to spend such large sums on handbags? Absolutely. I think that when you think about a handbag, it's such an interesting object because it's such a different piece of property in so many different contexts. So yes, there's a high investment value. It's a collectible, like a watch. It's valuable, like a piece of art. It's an heirloom. It's a sentimental object. It gives you great pleasure and joy to collect these pieces, but it's also really functional and you carry it with you every day. Perhaps it's the most expensive item in your wardrobe. It represents your style. It's a status symbol. 
so it's it's really such a multifaceted object that I find to be so intriguing. But really, most of all, what's so interesting is when you buy at auction, you're really transacting at market value. It's not going into a shop, swiping your credit card, not knowing you know what went into it. You know that when you buy something at auction, somebody was bidding one increment below you. You are getting the definition of market value, and, and that gives collectors great comfort in times of economic uncertainty. Angie, what's your take on this new index that the Wealth Report now includes? And how do handbags go down compared to other commodities or luxury investments that you've been monitoring over the years? Well, last year, handbags were the top performing asset class up by about 13% over the previous 12 months. That's not to say they've been the top performer over the past 10 years. That's actually rare whiskey that we introduced the year before last. The value of that is up over 500% over the past 10 years. So it's quite interesting to see how these different asset classes perform. A lot of it depends on rarity and the liquidity of those particular markets. Classic cars was a very good one. They did perform particularly strongly after the last financial crisis as people looked towards more tangible safe haven investments. So it's really the whole index is really a reflection of different attitudes towards investments at different times. But we talk about these investments of passion, but I should probably say that research that we do for the wealth report on why people want to buy these things, the top response is always joy of ownership. People buy these things because they love them. The investment aspect is always slightly secondary. And do you think that Knight Frank is likely to include any further new indexes going forward? Are there any particular investment items that the firm is looking at currently? Well, the one thing you have to have to include something in an index is obviously reliable data tracking its performance over the long term. I mean, one of the really interesting things that we're seeing at the moment is the amount of money that people are prepared to pay for sneakers. For example, a pair of baseball shoes worn by the athlete Michael Jordan was sold for over 550,000 US dollars a few weeks ago. And I'd love to include those, but actually there's not enough sold to have a whole index dedicated to training shoes or sneakers. So at the moment, there's probably nothing that I'm going to be included in the near future. So we'll now welcome Flora onto the podcast and have a quick chat around how investors are looking at diversifying their portfolios. So welcome, Flora. What can you tell us currently about investor attitudes at the moment and how does property fit into their overall picture? Well, it's an interesting one and something we highlighted this year in the Wealth Report that we were seeing increasing diversification of asset classes and attracting different investments, particularly among ultra high net worth individuals. And that's why we included handbags this year in the Knight Frank Luxury Investment Index. But it's not just looking at different assets, but also within property. Now, from our attitude survey, which is in the wealth port each year, we found that on average, 27% of portfolio is invested in property. So it's the biggest part of ultra high net worth portfolios. And with the next biggest asset classes being equities at around 23%. Others such as collectibles are around 5% of portfolios and down to 1% when you look at cryptocurrencies. Now, property is looking even more favourable this year. 43% were looking to increase the allocation with only private equity as the other more favourable at 47%. So a lot of money is diversifying into private equity, which hasn't always been the case. And in fact, what we saw last year was the biggest shift ever in the intention of ultra high net worths, with four in five intending to shift asset allocations this year as a result of what was already high uncertainty at the end of 2019. Now, obviously, with COVID-19, there is an increased amount of uncertainty around at the moment. 
But prior to that pandemic, this shifting focus was already because of a increased focus on well-being and wellness in the broadest sense. So investors were looking at the wellness of them personally, as well as their family and the environment and the planet. ESG, those three small letters have gained so much traction in recent times, and it's increasingly influencing investment decisions. What about just on the economics front? I mean, in terms of, of we're, I suppose, weighing up prime property compared to luxury goods, which we discussed earlier on the podcast. I mean, how do you think investors will weigh those up as potential investments going forward? Well, they're quite different types of investments. I mean, both can be quite safe haven and they're both tangible assets, which is increasingly becoming more important to investors in the increasingly uncertain marketscape. Last year in the wealth port, in terms of performance, it was prime property that outperformed luxury investments. The Piri 100, which is the prime international residential index, tracks 100 different locations and prime price changes for 2019. And across those 100 markets, it was an average of 1.8% growth. Whereas you look at the Knight Frank Luxury Investment Index, which tracks art and whiskey and handbags, and I know Andrew spoke to this, it had a fall of 1% last year. So it actually outperformed. And looking at this year, we still really only have the first quarter data. So we don't know what the true impact of COVID will be until the second quarter and beyond. But more were looking to invest in both. Around a third were looking to increase allocation to collectibles. And around 21% of ultra high net worths were looking for another home this year. Now, at the beginning of 2020, we saw an upswing in prices across many different prime locations. Our Prime Global Cities Index, which is a quarterly index tracking 46 locations, was up on average 2.7%. London, for example, looked to be turning a new cycle following the decisive general election in December, with the first quarterly growth in some time. But with COVID-19, it's halted a lot of this upswing. But we do expect a big bounce back in prime property performance in 2021 in the same way that we're expecting with economic growth. Now, on the luxury investment side, it's a bit of a mixed bag, if you excuse the pun, with overall in our Knight Frank Luxury Investment Index for the first quarter up 2.8%, so on par with that property performance. And this is led by whiskey and art. But like the fact that with luxury items, you can enjoy, even if values aren't going up, you can enjoy them. And as I said, they're tangible and safe haven assets. If you enjoyed this episode of Intelligence Talks, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please also make sure to share this episode on social media and check out the show notes for more information.